Hello, everyone. Welcome to our broadcast today. Thank you for joining with us. I've got some exciting things to share with you from the Word of God. So I trust that you have a few moments to just relax and enjoy the lesson today because I believe you're going to hear some things that are life-changing. You know, someone asked me one time many years ago, Brother Jerry, what's the greatest spiritual law you've ever learned? And I did not hesitate. I said to them immediately, the greatest spiritual law that I've ever learned is the law of seed time and harvest. I believe that this is the law that God intended for man to operate in. In fact, I can show you from Genesis chapter 1 that this was God's original intention, that man was to have his life sustained by the seeds that he sows. Now, we're going to be talking about the law of seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping, but we're also going to be talking about how to call in your harvest. You know, it's one thing to sow, and I know many of you are sowers, but what about the reaping part? God expects you to receive a harvest on every seed that you sow. But a lot of God's people are not receiving their harvest, and simply because most of the time they're not aggressive enough. They tend to give up. But we're going to show you today and for the next three weeks on, a, on this broadcast how that you can effectively call in your harvest. Now, I want to begin in Genesis chapter 1, and let's lay a foundation and we've discovered that immediately after God created man, the Bible says in verse 29 that God says to them, and God said, Behold, I've given you every herb-bearing seed which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree in the which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed, to you it shall be for meat. Now, there are other translations that say provision, where you find the word meat in the King James. So what is God saying? I've given you seed for provision. In other words, God intended for man to become a sower of seed from his very existence. That's how he expected man to have his life sustained, is by the seeds that he sows. Now, the Apostle Paul follows up on this later in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, and it says in verse 7, be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now notice there, he's telling us, based on what God said in Genesis chapter 1, that every seed that you sow, you are to expect a harvest from that seed. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. The Phillips translation says, a man's harvest in life depends entirely upon the seeds which he sows. You know, I like to say it this way. If you take a look at your life right now, your life is the sum total of the seeds that you've been sowing. If you don't like the way your life has turned out, then maybe you need to till up the ground, so to speak, and start sowing different seed. You see, seed is designed by God to produce a harvest. If it's a negative seed, it'll produce a negative harvest. It's a positive seed, it'll produce a positive harvest. You see, you need to understand that your thoughts are seeds, your words are seeds, your actions are seeds, and Paul even tells us in the Bible that when we give of our finances, that's like sowing seed. And he says that we can expect a harvest. And we're going to be talking about financial harvest quite a bit. But let's go back to Galatians chapter 6. And once again, notice he says, be not deceived. 
In other words, let this sink in. Don't let anybody tell you that you're, you're not to expect a harvest from every seed that you sow. God's word says that you are. Now, you know, growing up, no one ever told me about expecting a positive harvest. All I ever heard was negative harvest. In other words, uh, I had people say, one of these days, you're going to start reaping all that seed you've been sowing. And they were talking about the negative things, you know, the negative actions, the negative thoughts, the negative words. And they said, yes, you're going to reap what you sow. But nobody ever told me that you could apply that in a positive way, that I could train myself to think the way God's word thinks, train myself to speak the word of God, train myself to do and act on the word of God and expect a harvest from that. Well, I learned that from the Bible about 47 years ago. And when I did, I began to change the way I thought. I began to change the way I spoke. I began to change my actions and I began to experience far better harvest than what I was experiencing before I learned this. So you can expect a harvest from every seed that you sow. Once again, Paul says, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap. He goes on to say, for he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. So notice there, there's, there's two kinds of sowing here. You can sow to your flesh. You can sow to the spirit. Sowing to the spirit would mean sowing what you see from God's word, speaking God's word, talking God's word. You see, that's sowing to the spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit will watch over those words, God's word that is coming out of your mouth, and he'll see to it that it produces a harvest. Now, what's important is that you get the word of God down in your heart in abundance, because when the word of God is in your heart in abundance, that's what's going to come out. And that's especially important when you're facing a crisis. You don't want coming out of your mouth in a crisis, oh my God, we're going to die. Oh my God, uh, we're going to lose everything. No, you want positive word of God coming out of your mouth in a crisis. But you see, that's not going to happen if you don't fill your heart first with God's word. When you fill your heart with God's word, and this is something you need to be doing on a daily basis. Spend time in the word each and every day so that the word of God becomes indwelling, that it dwells in your heart richly, as the apostle Paul said. And Jesus said, then out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. So when you speak God's word, it's like planting a seed. Now I can prove that to you from Mark chapter four. Let's go there. Mark chapter four in verse 26, it says, and Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how for the earth bringeth forth fruit of itself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle because the harvest is come. So notice he says, the kingdom of God is like sowing seed. Now, if you back up a few verses in verse 14, it says, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard Satan cometh immediately 
and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. So notice words are like seeds, Jesus is telling us. And verse 16 says, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And then these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. But then he says in verse 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30 fold, some 60 and some a hundred. Now, the purpose in reading that is to show you that Jesus says our words are like seeds. God's word is like seed. When you're speaking God's word, it's just like that farmer planting seed in the ground. Now, if you need healing, for instance, if you need a harvest of healing in your life, then go to the Bible, find all the healing scriptures you can find, get them in your heart, and then begin to speak them out of your mouth. When you begin to speak them out of your mouth, it's like sowing seed. And the Bible says that if the ground is good, then you can expect a harvest 30, 60, and even a hundredfold. So if you need healing in your life, once again, go to the Word of God, find all the scriptures pertaining to healing, get them in your heart, speak them out of your mouth, and then expect a harvest of healing. In the same manner, if you need the peace of God in your life, if you uh, tend to worry a lot, if you tend to become fretful, if you tend to be full of anxiety, go to all the scriptures, get you a Strong's Concordance, look up all the scriptures regarding the peace of God, and then put them in your heart and speak them out of your mouth. And eventually you will reap a harvest of peace. It's the same way with finances. If you need a financial harvest, then the first thing you need to do is go to the scriptures and find out what God's word says about it. Get them in your heart, speak them out of your mouth, and then plant not only word seeds, but take finances and sow them as a seed as well. Because Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that our finances are like seeds. And if you sow them, then you can expect a harvest from them just like the farmer expects a harvest when he plants his tomato seeds or he plants his uh, cotton seed. He expects a harvest. We see every time I sow finances, every time I bless someone, every time I give into the kingdom of God, I consider that just like the farmer sowing a seed. And God's word promises that I can expect a harvest from it. Now let's look at that. Second Corinthians chapter nine. I hope you're keeping up with all these scriptures. Second Corinthians chapter nine. And in verse six, the apostle Paul says, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. So notice, Paul is telling us that when I sow financial seeds, if I sow sparingly, then I can expect to reap a harvest that is a sparingly harvest. However, on the other hand, if I sow bountifully, then I can expect to receive a bountiful harvest. Verse seven says, every man according as he's purposed in his heart, so let him give, 
Now notice Paul is telling us that giving is like seed sowing. So let every man give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And as a result, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So once again, Paul is telling us that when we sow finances, once again, it's just like the farmer sowing corn. It's just like the farmer sowing cotton seed. When he sows that seed, he expects a harvest. He sows his seed. He goes to bed. He doesn't know what's going on underneath the soil, but he does have confidence in the seed and he has confidence in the soil. You know, when I was a, a, a little boy, I was born in Vicksburg, Mississippi on a farm, the same farm that my dad grew up on. My grandfather bought that farm in 1927. And uh, my grandfather, uh, it was a working farm. He had crops, he had cattle, he had hogs. I mean, that's how he made it through the depression. And when I was a little boy, I loved going to the field with my grandfather at sowing time. And we get on his big tractor, that old 1927 Massey Ferguson tractor, had those steel cleats on the back. I mean, you could knock trees down with this thing. And we'd go across the pasture and, uh, and he would begin to till the soil. And then it came time for sowing the seed. And, and after we sowed the seed, my grandfather would put the tractor in the barn and I'll never forget what he said. Son, we're going to have a good crop this year. And I'd say, Grandpa, how do you know we're going to have a good crop? And he'd always say, well, I planted good seed and this is good old Mississippi Delta soil. He said, son, anything will grow in this soil. And so he had this confidence that once he prepared the ground, once he sowed his seed and he knew the soil was good soil, he had this confidence that we're going to have a good harvest. So he went to bed. He didn't stay up all night worrying about it. He went to bed knowing that that seed and that soil knew what to do. And so he'd get up in the morning and he'd start talking about harvest time. He was expecting harvest time. Son, it won't be long and we'll be harvesting. And oh, what a great joy that was when we'd go out and harvest. Now it was hard work. But I tell you, you worked with a smile on your face because it's harvest time. Now, the Bible is teaching us that sowing words, speaking the word of God is like sowing seed. And if you speak God's word, you can expect it to produce a harvest. If, once again, if you don't like the harvest that you're experiencing right now, if you don't like the way your life has turned out, then you have no one to blame but you because you're the one who sowed the seeds. Now, I know you don't want to hear that, but it's true. If you don't like the way your life has turned out, you're the one who sowed the seeds. So perhaps what you need to do is start sowing new seed. You know, I remember years ago, one of my dear friends, Charles Capps, when I first met him, he was still farming and uh, he had just begun his teaching ministry. And Charles would ask me to come and speak there in England, Arkansas. And uh, Charles had a, uh, being a pilot, he had a runway that he had cut right through his cotton field, right up near his house. And he had a hangar at the end of it where he kept his airplane. And when we'd go there to preach, we'd fly our little airplane into, into Charles's uh, runway out there. It was a grass runway right out the middle of that cotton field. And uh, when I'd get to the end of the, the runway, 
Charles would be waiting there, help me get my luggage out, and we'd go to the house, and usually Peggy, his wife Peggy, would have dinner ready for us. Well, every time I'd landed there, there was always cotton. But one time when I landed there, I noticed there was not cotton, there was something else growing that I wasn't familiar with. So when I got to the end of the runway, got out of my airplane, Charles said, you got any luggage? I said, yes, sir. I said, Charles, uh, where's your cotton? He said, I didn't plant any. Do you have any more luggage? I said, Charles, why didn't you plant cotton? He said, I didn't want any. Do you have any more luggage? I said, well, Charles, what is that out there growing now? He said, that's soy seed. Uh, 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 do you have any more luggage? And I said, uh, uh, yes, I do have some more luggage, but let me ask you something. Why didn't you plant cotton this year? He said, I didn't want any. Is that all your luggage? I got a revelation standing out there at the end of Charles's runway. If you don't want cotton, don't plant cotton. Well, it's the same way in your life. If you don't want sickness and disease, if you don't want poverty, lack, and want, then maybe it's time for you to start planting new seed. I, I said soy seed. It was soy bean, okay? And so uh, if you don't want cotton and you want soy bean, then stop planting cotton and start planting soybean. If you don't want sickness and disease, stop talking sickness and disease. If you don't want poverty, lack, and want, stop talking it. Why? Because your words are seeds. Folks, I just showed you this from the Word of God. I didn't make this up. This is not 1 Jerry chapter 4. It's Mark chapter 4. And he's telling us that our words are like seeds. Your thoughts are like seeds. Your actions are like seeds. Your finances are are like seeds. Why? Because God intended from the very beginning for man to have his life sustained by the seeds that he sows. When he told Adam, I give you every herb bearing seed and it shall be for meat for you. In other words, what he's saying, son, learn the law of seed time and harvest because this is how you're going to provide for yourself. You're going to provide for yourself by sowing seeds. Well, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 says, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So what's that tell us? That same law that God gave Adam way back there in Genesis chapter 1 and told him, this is the law that you will have your life sustained by. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. So what is that telling us? That as long as the earth remains, and I submit to you, it's still here, then this is the way God wants us to have our lives sustained today, by the seeds that we sow. You know, when you learn this, I'm telling you, it's going to become the greatest spiritual law you have ever learned. I am so glad I learned the law of seed time and harvest many, many years ago, learning how to apply it in a positive way. It changed my life. And now my life, once again, is the sum total of the seeds that I've sown. And let me tell you this, I like my life. I like the way it's turned out. I like what God's Word has produced. And I know that it's because I discovered this law and I began to appropriate it and God honored it. God always honors His Word. So I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you to make a quality decision that you're going to become more selective about what you think about. Quit thinking negative thoughts. Cast them out of your mind. 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that if you don't cast them out of your mind, they can become a stronghold. And then he says in that same chapter that we can pull down these strongholds and we can cast down every thought and every imagination that does not agree with God's Word. Why is it so important that you cast them down? Because if you allow them to stay in your mind, eventually they're going to drop down into your heart. And once they get into your heart, you're going to begin to speak them out of your mouth and it's going to produce a harvest. And it's going to be a harvest that you do not want. So let me encourage you today, become more selective about what you allow in your mind. You mean I can do that, Brother Jerry? Yes, you can. The Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4, he tells us to think on these things. And then he lists there what you should think about. So that's your assignment. As soon as we get off the air, I want you to begin to go to the Word, look up these scriptures we talked about. Go to Philippians chapter 4, where Paul tells you what you should be thinking, and, and learn to cast down every negative thought. Why? Because those negative thoughts are also negative seeds. Cast them down. Don't let them get down into your heart. And then replace them with the Word of God. Think on these things, things that are lovely, things that are just, things that are of a good report, things that are true. That's the Word of God he's talking about. And you get the Word of God in your mind and get the Word of God in your heart, and then it comes out of your mouth in the form of a seed, and it is going to produce positive harvest. It's going to produce a harvest that you're going to be thrilled about. Praise God. So once again, a man's harvest in life, Galatians chapter 6, the Phillips translation, a man's harvest in life depends entirely upon the seeds that he sows. You're in charge of your future. You're in charge of your destiny. Once again, learn to plant positive seeds. Learn to plant the Word of God. And as you do, you're going to see that God will confirm it with signs following. He will back it. He will cause a harvest to come forth that you're going to like. Now, it's very important. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, it says, and let us not grow weary in well-doing. So it's very important that you don't get weary, that you don't give up. That's what happens a lot of times. People give up before the harvest comes. You see, if the farmer did that, if he got up about three days after he sowed his seed and went out there and saw that there's nothing coming up yet, and he went back home and told his wife, I'm going to get my tractor and I'm going to plow up the whole field. Uh, it, that seed's been in the ground for three days now and nothing's happening. That's foolishness. And you know it is. Well, it's the same way with you speaking the Word of God and then three days later you haven't seen any results and you say, this stuff doesn't work. No, don't do that. Let us not grow weary. Because if you grow weary and you faint, the Bible says you will not reap. But if you hold on steadfast, immovable, don't give up, don't cave in, then the Bible says you will reap your harvest. Praise God. Amen. So you think about those things and let's begin to expect a harvest like we've never experienced before. I want you to watch this special announcement and then I'll be back with some closing remarks. And don't forget our social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all those powerful tools that are designed to help you in your spiritual growth. Watch this announcement. I'll be back in just a few moments. 
There's a time to sow and a time to reap. Now is the time for your harvest. Harvest time has come. What's keeping you from claiming your rightful harvest? In the powerful three CD teaching, Calling in Your Harvest, Jerry Savelle explains the spiritual laws that govern the reaping of a harvest that's reserved just for you. In this series, he addresses, are you entitled to the harvest? Your part in the manifestation of your harvest. How the seeds you sow determine your destiny. How to know when your harvest is ready. What might be holding back your harvest? Can you ensure there's no end to your harvest? The most important thing to do with your harvest and more. God never forgets your offerings and the seeds you sow. Request this powerful series, Calling in Your Harvest, today. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org. Don't wait. It's time to expect extraordinary things to happen. Your harvest is ready to go to its rightful owner. Listen, I want to encourage you to order these resources today. Calling in your harvest. Ecclesiastes tells us there is a time to sow, there is a time to reap. And I believe it's reaping time in the body of Christ. There's just some important things that you need to know about how to go about calling in your harvest. Now, we just got started on the broadcast today. We've still got three more weeks that we're going to deal with this subject. But if you just can't wait, then order these resources right now. We'll get them to you right away and you can get a head start, praise God. Three CDs. They were done in services where there was a crowd of people pulling it out of me. And I'm telling you, the anointing of God on these messages is so powerful, I don't think you're going to be able to put them down. You probably want to listen to all three of them before you go to bed. So once again, calling in your harvest. I want to encourage you to order them either by going to our website, call the number that's on the screen or the address that's on the screen and order them right away. This is important. Also, I want to encourage all of you that have favor testimonies to let us know about it. You know, this ministry is known around the world for teaching people how to walk in the blessing of God, how to enjoy the favor of God, and how to become the winner that God has called them to be. And so we enjoy hearing testimonies of people that are experiencing the blessing of God, they're experiencing the favor of God, and they're winning in life's circumstances. So take a few moments and let us know. You can, you can write to us or you can call it in or you can, you can put it on Facebook, however you want to do it. But we want to hear from you. We love reading your testimonies. And from time to time, we'll read testimonies on this broadcast so that it encourages other people. I love hearing how God is moving and how God is working in the lives of those that are watching this broadcast. Also, I want to encourage you, if you're not already a partner with this ministry, please prayerfully consider becoming our partner. A partner is someone that helps support this ministry on a monthly basis. No matter what size offering it is, that doesn't matter. The fact is that you're faithful and consistent with it. That's what enables us to expand, to enlarge, and to increase. I'm telling you, we wouldn't be able to do all that we're doing around the world right now if it wasn't for our faithful partners. I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. Every time somebody comes up to me in one of my meetings and says, Brother Jerry, I'm one of your partners. That is the greatest compliment that they could give me. Especially those that say, Brother Jerry, I've been your partner for 20 years, for 30 years. I tell you, that is such a joy to know that somebody believes in you for those many years. So thank you, partners. We love you. We pray for you. We believe that God's best 
is coming your way. And we also believe that you're going to continue to increase in the favor of God. Thank you once again for joining us today. It's been a delight sharing the word with you. I'm closing now with these remarks. You know what they are. This is Jerry Savelle reminding you that your faith will overcome the world.